Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. All right, Doors to Destiny. We're continuing on this series. We started last week. If you weren't here, go back and listen to that because we're right in the middle of a 40-day spiritual boost. And so I'd encourage you to take a look at that and see. And uh, go ahead and fill out that connection card. We do that every Sunday. Uh, This is a stack of connection cards from the last week. These are people who said, I'm all in in this spiritual boost that we're in. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. If you have your Bible with you, or your iPhone, or however you carry the Word with you, would you hold it up? Let's make this bold confession today. This is what we believe. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. You know, I'm, uh, I'm really... I'm really concerned about the effects of this long-term pandemic that we're in on uh, on believers. Not just on unbelievers, but on on believers. It's it's long-term. So what I'm finding that there's really kind of three attitudes that that are surfacing during this pandemic. Some people just feel defeated. Like we thought it was going to be over with in a few weeks, but it's not. And they just feel like God has forgotten them and they just feel defeated. Some people feel discouraged, just like, I, I don't want to do anything. I don't, I don't care. It's just too hard. It's just too difficult life. And then other people are just sort of drifting. And I think those three things, defeated, discouraged, and drifting. And uh, if we're defeated, discouraged, or drifting, it's hard for us to dream of the destiny that God has for us. I said a couple of weeks ago, I gave you a definition of destiny, and let me read it to you again. This is a definition of destiny. Destiny is the personalized life calling God has purposed and equipped you to fulfill in order to bring Him the greatest glory and achieve the greatest growth of His kingdom. So in other words, it's saying that everybody has a purpose. We have a destiny that God has created us to be. It's not that just that I'm going to be famous, that I'll be this or I'll be something else, but it's going to bring Him glory, make Him famous, and expand His kingdom. I think a lot of times people misunderstand destiny. They think, yes, I believe. God has given me a destiny, and it's going to happen no matter what I do. It's just, it's just going to be there. No, it doesn't happen like that. Destiny is not an unalterable conclusion. It's not fate. It's not karma. That's what Islam and Buddhism believe, that you can't change. No, God says, I give you a destiny. I'll give you a dream. I'll give you a purpose. But it's up to you to walk through the door to your destiny. I heard a former president uh, say some time ago, nobody gets to write your destiny but you. Your future is in your hands. And I thought, well... I don't believe that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God creates my destiny because he created me with a purpose in life. But it's up to me to walk through that door. God can say, hey, here's what I want you to do. Here's the dream that I'm giving you. And so today I want to talk about that that idea of dreams to your destiny. 
Because some of you have had dreams years ago when you were a kid. Some of you uh, have, have had a dream about this or that or something else. But it's a dream to your destiny. It's that I'm not going to give up on what God wants to do in my life. He says, I will open up a door and no man can close it. Because a lot of times people say, oh, I, I believe that's the dream. I believe that's the destiny that God wants. But it's just so hard. I don't know that I can ever make it happen. Well, Here's the Lord's promise to you from Revelation 3 and 8. This is our memory verse for this series. Let's read it together. I see what you've done. This is Jesus speaking. Now see what I've done. I've opened a door before you that no one can slam shut. You don't have much strength. I know that you used what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough. Revelation 3 and 8. So he says, I've opened the door. So we, we want to talk today about that dream. How do we, how do we go about uh, possessing the dream? If we have a dream, if we know we have a purpose that God wants to do in our life, and everyone should have that, but if I'm drifting, if I'm discouraged, if I'm defeated, it's hard to find that. So today, my assignment is, the Lord sent me here to wake the dream up in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up to the dream that God has given you. Wake up to the dream that he's given you. Uh, I want to talk today from Deuteronomy 30 and Joshua chapter 1. It's a story in the Old Testament, and it's a story about how that God gave the children of Israel a destiny, a dream, a promise, a promised land. And there were doors that they would have to walk through to get there. I mean, think about all the doors that you walked through this morning just to get here. I mean, you probably walked through the bathroom door, probably walked through the bedroom door, probably walked through the kitchen door, maybe the garage door. I don't know what other door. You walked through your car door. You, you walked through the church door. You walked through the bathroom door again, and then you came back in here. So all of those doors you walked through brought you to where you are now. And so it is with God. Destiny is a series of doors that I'm willing to walk through. Because he said, I've opened it, and no man can close that. So let me give you the background to Deuteronomy that we're talking about, and also Joshua chapter 1. Remember Moses? How many of you remember Moses? And Moses said, what? Let my, let my, you guys are great Bible scholars. Wow, you know that. Let my people go. And so after 400 years of slavery, God used Moses to lead the children of out out of Egypt, out of bondage. They came to the Red Sea, passed over the Red Sea at the beginning of the desert, and they were, taking, they were supposed to take an 11-day journey. Say 11 days. 11-day journey through the wilderness to get to the door that God had opened of their promise, of their land. So he, he leads them along. So uh, they get there to the promised land, uh, and so they come to that edge, and the Lord says, Step into it. That's yours. But what did they do? They formed a church committee. If you ever want to get anything done, don't form a church committee, all right? Everybody's got an opinion, right? And your opinion is more important than somebody else. How many of you believe that the most important opinion in the world is what God thinks about you, right? Others may say, you're nothing, you'll never amount to anything, your dream will never happen, but I'm going to go back to what does he say about me, because what he says about me is so very, very much more important. So, they sent a church committee of 12 guys, 
So they come into the promised land. It's a beautiful land. It's everything God promised. The dream is everything God said. And so they come back. Ten of them come back saying, no, we can't do it. We're not able. Yeah, there's lots of great stuff. God is true to his dream. He, it is a promised land. But we're not able because we're weak. And it's a battle. And it's tough. And it's difficulty. And we can't possess the dream. Joshua and Caleb, remember those two guys? What did they say? Hey, we're well able. Come on. That's a dream. That's a promise that God has given us. And we're well able. Where are you today? Where are you? Are you the person that says, this is what I know God has called me to do, and with his help, I'm well able? Or are you a person that says, well, I'm not quite sure that I can. So God says, if that's the way you want it, if that's the way you want it, if you want to take a church vote on that and go by what other people say and their opinion rather than my word, listen, don't let other people's opinion of your destiny keep you from what God wants you to do. And so God said, if that's the way you want it, that's the way you're going to have it. And so God says, because you didn't walk through that door, it's going to be a generation of journeying and dying until a whole generation of doubters die off. And so for 40 years now, so let's fast forward. 40 years, they're back at the promised land again. They've been wondering. Everybody's died except Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. That was part of that promise, all right? Those that were, uh, that was, that were older and said that they wouldn't go in. So God says, here it is again. I want you to walk in. Now Moses is 120 years old. 120 years old. And Joshua is going to replace him. And here's what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning at verse 15. Now listen. Today, I'm giving you a what? A choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord will what? Bless you and the land you're about to occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, you will not live long, a long good life in the land. Today I've given you the what? Choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call heaven and earth to witness the what? Choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that your, you and your descendants might live. God says, listen, guys, he brought them to a door, a door of their destiny. He said, you didn't choose the promised land. I chose the promised land. I've laid it out. I have the destiny for you. But it's up to you to walk through and to possess that. If you don't, I'm not going to hand it to you on a cake platter. I'm not going to push you through. I'm not going to make you do it. But it's up to you to walk through. And so at the very end of this, he says, but listen, choose you this day. Choose you this day. And then he says, in case you're having trouble, let me give you the answer to this question. Choose life. Choose destiny. Choose the purpose that I have for you. Not only for you, but for your descendants. Some people say, well, I wonder what's wrong with my kids. How can I help my kids? Well, it could be that you're not fulfilling the destiny that God has for you. He has something for you, and you're waiting for somebody else to change your kids' destinies. Listen, I'm living a life today in which that my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids are going to be blessed. Why? Not because I was great, but because God says, here's a door, Mahan. Walk through this door, and if you'll walk through this door, no matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult it is, your descendants 
saints will be blessed. Isn't that a great promise? Give the Lord a hand clap right there. So the question is, how did they possess their destiny this time? How do I possess my destiny? Well, let's, let's see the story. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given it to you. Now watch how he outlines their destiny. From the wilderness to this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all along the Hittites and the great sea, the Mediterranean Ocean, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. God says, I want to be very specific. I'm not just saying, go out there and find your destiny. He says, here's what I want you to do. It's very targeted. It's very specialized for you. And I want you to walk into that. Now, so how did they do this? How did they possess the land? Well, first of all, I think we do the same thing. And here's some things I'd like for us to look at today. Number one, would you read this with me? I must surrender my plans and my past. I must surrender my plans and my past. You see, destiny is not about what you want to do. Destiny is about what God has created you to be. How many of you, maybe you don't see it real clearly, but you just got a little glimpse or a little feeling on the inside that God has something special for you to do. Now, it may not be like you're going to win the Nobel Peace Prize, but it's like that you've got a purpose in life. If you feel like that because you're His and you've got some sort of purpose in life that you're supposed to live out, would you just raise your hand? If you're full in, raise it all the way up. If you're not, if you're not sure, just put it halfway in. If you say, I'm still looking, just sort of put it here and wave, okay? Thank you for being honest, because a lot of people would never do that. They would say, oh yeah, I'm on in, and their mind is saying, but what is it? But you see, when I say, I I'm believing there's something, but I don't know what it is, guess what? You're opening yourself up for the Lord to help you. So the first thing I need to do is I need to surrender my plans. God is not saying, what is your plans? But he says, here's my plans. And then I've got to surrender my past. Don't look to your past to prepare your future. Your past is past. Isn't that brilliant? Look at your neighbor and say, your past is past. Your past is your past. You say, why are you saying that? Because 40 years ago, God brought them to this very same place. But now he's given them another chance. You know what that's saying to somebody that's here today or somebody that's watching online? There were years ago, God brought you to a very crucial time of your purpose and your destiny. But because of man, because of difficulty, because of fear, because of whatever, you didn't walk through that door. And to this day, you've lived with the regret, I wish I had obeyed God. I wish I had have done what he asked me to do. I wish I would have started that business. I wish that I'd have worked on my marriage. I wish that I'd have done this with my kids. Guess what? God is a God of second chances. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get rid of that dead corpse that you've been carrying around all these years. Because you know what? Dead corpse stink. 
And not only that, if you want to keep that dead corpse from stinking, you have to put a lot of money in it. It's costly. Somebody here today, God is saying, get past your past. It's not how many mistakes you've made. It's how many. You see, there's somebody here today that's saying, you know what? I've made such a mess in my life. I don't know if anything will ever change. It's not an accident that you're here today. God specializes in meeting people, bringing them to a new door of destiny. And says, he says, I, I knock at your door. If you'll open your door, I'll come in. I'll forgive you for your past. I'll give you a purpose for living. I'll give you a hope for tomorrow. If anybody's ever done that and opened the door, would you say, hallelujah, he's mine. So, what do you need to bury? Verse 10, Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the camp. Command the people saying, prepare, say that with me, prepare. Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in and possess the land. You're going to go through the door into the destiny that I've given you to possess. He's saying, now, I want you to prepare Prepare to move out. Prepare to move out. You've been sitting, sitting long enough. It's time to get up off your keister and to prepare for the destiny that God has for you. If he's saying, if he's given you a destiny to start a business, then find some godly business owner in this house and say, would you help me to begin preparing for what God wants me to do? Maybe he's saying, I want you to go to college. You say, oh, I'm too old to go to college. Do you know how old I'd be in four years from now? Yeah, four years older. How many times do we live with regrets? If only, if only. And the Lord is saying today, no, now it's time. Prepare. Get ready to move out. Don't settle where you are, but get ready to move out to what I have called you to do. Prepare. I love this verse, Proverbs 16 and 3. Would you read this out loud with me? Commit to the Lord whatever you do, then your plans will succeed. You make your plans. And the, Lord, and the Lord says, you know, commit to the Lord whatever you do, then your plans will succeed. What does that mean, Lord? I'm bringing you right now my plans. I'm bringing my ability. Remember that Revelation 3 and 8? He says, I know you're weak. I know you don't have strong. I'm bringing them to you, and I'm laying them at your feet. So number one, I must surrender my plans and my past. And number two, I must build my life completely on God's word. I must build my life completely on God's word. Now, they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. And the Lord doesn't say, put on spiritual armor. He doesn't say, begin to calculate what it will cost to do that. He says, here's what I want you to do to step into your destiny. I want you to build your life completely on God's word, on what I have said. Not what you think. Not what you feel, but what have I said? What did I say in my word? Now, look at, look at this. This is an awesome verse uh, from 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe, look at that, to do according to all that is in the book, all that is in the law, which Moses gave you. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Don't get sidetracked. See, some, the reason some of you have missed your destiny is you got sidetracked. You were committed. I tell you, I'm all in. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to do that. But then difficulty, circumstances, people's opinion, whatever happened, you got distracted. But the Lord is saying today, don't get distracted. Get attracted back to him, right? Get back attracted to him. 
He said, don't get sidetracked, but I want you to prosper wherever you go. The book of the law, this book of the law, the word of God shall not depart out of your mouth. So what are you saying? What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your situation? We need to begin saying what he says. And then he says, meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then you will, he doesn't say you might, but he says you what? Make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Scripture says in Psalm 34 and 10, those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. Did you know that verse is in the Bible? Isn't that a great verse? It doesn't say those who seek fame. It doesn't say those who seek wealth. It doesn't say those who seek success. It doesn't even say those, those who seek their destiny will lack no good thing. Remember what we said last week? I don't go about seeking my destiny. I go about seeking God. I go about seeking him. So I want to be one of those people. I intend to be one of those people that seek the Lord with my life built on his word. And God looks down and says, you know what? Look at that guy. He's really seeking me. He's really seeking me. And you know what else will happen? Those demons that are assigned to you, when you wake up in the morning, they'll say, oh, crud. That guy, that woman is awake again. I hate it when they wake up because they do so much damage to me. Because they're not going, as Anita said and Andrea both, they're not going on their feelings. They're going on what the Word says and what is the door that God has in front of us. Amen? So to possess my destiny, say it with me, I must surrender my plans and my past. I must build my life completely on God's Word. To possess my destiny, I must courageously step out in faith, in faith, in faith. Three times in chapter 1, in verse 6, verse 7, and verse 9, God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Then later, be strong and courageous. Remember that series, Rock come on, right? Be strong and courageous. Why was the Lord saying be strong and courageous. He just said, I've opened a door. No man can shut that door. It's a land full of milk and honey. It's the, it's the promises that God has given you. It's that great life, that great marriage, that great business, that great destiny, great opportunities to make a difference and build the kingdom. It's there. But he says to him, be bold. Don't be afraid. Be sure that you walk through. Why is he saying that? I believe he's saying that because he knows that even though God has opened the door and Joshua is supposed to walk through it, he's going to have to fight for his destiny. Here's two things that we need to understand. No matter what we get in life about destiny, it's going to be battles and blessings. Say it with me. Battles and blessings. Battles and blessings. Why? Because he knows there are seven nations living in the land that God has given Israel. Seven nations. All seven of those nations have an army. Israel has no army. How are you going to go and possess the land when you don't have, you don't have the resources? Don't you know that Joshua wasn't afraid? Now he's not standing behind Moses. Now he's the key man. It's the decisions that, Joseph, that, uh, that Joshua makes that's going to impact a whole generation of people. So he knows as soon as he goes and crosses the Jordan River, as soon as he crosses the Jordan River it's, and puts his feet 
On the other land, it's going to be a declaration of war. And yes, that's their destiny. That's what they're supposed to do. But it's going to be a battle before they get to the blessing. Here's where most people are in the world today. They say, yeah, that's God's destiny. That's God's purpose for me. And, and so instead of saying, I'm going to, whatever it takes, I'll battle to that. Well, I don't know. I thought it'd be easier than this. I thought it'd be tough. I, you know, it's just so horrible. It's so, it's so good. It's so terrible. And if God really loved me, I wouldn't have to battle. If God really loved me, I wouldn't have this battle in my mind. If God really... Look, stand up, get a backbone, and realize any promise, any blessing God has, you will battle into that through the power of His strength and His might. I'm speaking to some whiny heinies that are here today. You just, your whole life is whining, and you're not using God's word, what he says, and you're not willing to step out in faith. So how do we do this? How do we battle to get the blessings? Well, three things, the same thing they did. We've got to confess. Say confess. What does that mean? What's confess mean? Say it. We've got to say it, right? We've got to say it. What am I supposed to say? First of all, God is with me. God is with me. Look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So here's what he was saying. He was saying this. Wow, I got a battle. I don't know what I'm going to go through, but I know that you're going to go through it with me. I know what you, you're going to go with me. God is with me. You've got to say that. When you see that door, and it looks like an impossible door, it looks tough, you've got to be able to boldly say, God is with me. And secondly, say this, God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. It says, look at this, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance in the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. So what is he saying? He says, I promised I promised I would give you this, and I'm not a promise keeper. I'm going to walk into this. Now, when God opens a door and starts blessing you, don't say, well, I don't know how long this will last. I don't know if this will work. I, I just don't know if this will happen. No. Look, stand up. God is with me. God promised to keep me in these. And then next of all, just simply say this. No matter how difficult it is, God told me to do this. God told me to do this. Verse 9, he says, God says, didn't I command you? Didn't I command this of you? So now I want you to be strong and of courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed, which means discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you are going. So he says, look, look, I told you to do this. I told you. So in the middle of this pandemic, when it just seems like that everything is going crazy, and I like pandemic more than pandemic, because that's sort of how I feel about it. You know, you look at all that. I never studied in seminary how to handle situations like this. I never studied how to handle this time when people don't want to come back to church and how they got distracted and how they're doing this and others. And I know some people, are, are their, their immune system is low, so I'm not saying that. But I'm saying some people got distracted. They just let life cave in on them, and they just, they just got distracted. And so it is with us. We can allow fear. We can allow fear to keep us from starting and discouragement to keep us from finishing. The toughest place is the first step that you have into your destiny. Uh, here's, here's, here's what I know when I look at this. 
In fact, the first time that God led Moses over into the promise, over when God led Moses to the Red Sea, he said, it's time for you to cross. And so it was the Red Sea, remember? And he said, just stand back and wait, and I'll part the waters, and you'll walk through on dry ground. Right? Remember that? So now, if you're Joshua, wouldn't you think as you're facing the Jordan and it's at the rise of its banks that God would do the same thing? He would say, Presto, change, oh, what's this magical water's part? But he doesn't do it this way. You see, we have it all figured out how God's going to do a miracle in, his, in our life. But what if he wants to do a miracle that you have no experience of how that he's ever done that before? What if he wants to do something new? It's a new season. It's a fresh season. So what if he wants to do something different? So God says to Joshua, we're going to put the preachers out front. And we're going to let the preachers walk into the water. We'll sacrifice them, all right? We'll just sacrifice them. He says, I want them to get their feet wet. See, there's somebody that's here today. You're waiting for God to part the sea and make everything easy for you to tiptoe through the tulips to your destiny. God says, no, baby. You're going to have to get your feet wet. You're going to have to renew your mind to what my word says. You're going to have to start saying what I say. You're going to have to start believing that I am with you. It's not that I'm with somebody else, but I am with you. You've you got to remember that. Say that with me right now. God is with me. God is with you. You've got to believe that. God told me to do this, and I'm going to walk through. So here's what happens. The, the priest put their feet in the water. Nothing changes. Sometimes you step out on a word from God and it's not immediately that he changes it. So they just keep walking because that's the work what God said. So they walk a little more. Now they're up to their knees and nothing they see is changing and they keep walking. Now they're up to their waist and nothing they see is changing. That's one of those places that we step out in faith and we say, okay, God, it's time for a miracle right now, right? When you start tithing and you've never tithed before, right? And you step out there, it looks like you got a bill coming doing something else and you're ready to steal from God instead of obeying God. And it's like one of those things, okay, God, it's time for a miracle. But you see, the priest couldn't see what was happening 17 miles upstream. 17 miles upstream, as soon as the priest put their feet in the water. 17 miles upstream, the God stopped the flow of the water. So they're walking in God's promise. The water's still flowing, but they don't know the answer to their prayer is about to come upon them. And all of a sudden, when they're out there, then all of a sudden, that water has receded down. Now it's a dry ground, and they're walking across. I'm saying to you, don't try to box God up what he's doing. Be obedient to what he's saying and walk through that. It's a, the first step is always the scariest, right? So let me ask you today. Which side of the Jordan are you living on? Are you living on the desert side? Saying, yeah, I, I, I blew it and God gave me a chance once, but it's not how. Are, are you living on that side? Or are you saying, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I'm stepping in the water and I'm going towards a destiny that he has for me. I'm going to be all in with everything that I have. I'm going to serve him with all that I have. 
I pray that you're the one who's walking into that, claiming that destiny. And let me read some names to you from the Bible. Shaphat, Palti. You ever heard of Gadal? Amel, Sether, Nabi, Guel, Iglah, Gadi, Shamu. He's at SeaWorld. Oh, sorry. How about Joshua and Caleb? You heard those? Why aren't you familiar with the other ten men? You know why? Because they never stepped through the door to their destiny. We don't need more Shaphats and Palti and Gadals and say, Oh, God has given me a great calling, and there it is, and they never walk into that. We need Joshua's and Caleb that'll say, I'm all in. It's not who we think we are. It's who God says that we are. Let me talk to some of the older members of the church. Guys and gals my age. I promise you that the greatest part of your life is yet in front of you. Part of what we are to do is to reach a whole new generation of TFHers, young married couples, teenagers, younger. Thank God for the Impact Center next door. Thank God for what that. We're going to celebrate that next year. Five years that we do that. Some of you are older and you say, I've been through this spiritual growth things before. Yeah, I'm comfortable now. and I've passed my prime. I think I'll just sit out the rest of the game and play golf three or four times a day and come to church on Sunday and complain about the music being too loud or I don't can't I don't know the words or I don't know that translation I was raised on this and on that no please 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 don't live out the rest of your life remembering what you used to do but it's what's ahead of you listen to me everything you've been through in life is a preparation for this moment. Those of you right now that you've been abused, those of you that have been kicked out, those of you that have been hungry, those of you that have gone through divorce, those of you that churches have kicked you out, those of you that have gone through addiction, those of you that have gone through struggles with your kids, I'm going to tell you, everything you've been through, every door that you've walked through, you haven't quit, you kept walking towards the Lord, it's created you, it's prepared for you for this moment that we as a church rise up and say, we will be who God called us to be in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of racial divide in the midst of all this political shenanigans that goes on we're going to be people of this book we're going to stand up and we're going to declare his kingdom come his will be done I will live my life to make him famous to bring him glory and to expand the kingdom if you believe that just give a hand clap and say yay God praise God let's bow our head Thank you, God, that you don't give up on us. There's several here today that they started out maybe more than once, and they got sidetracked. Even to the place that they just sort of got to the place of just drifting because they felt like they failed you too many times. Lord, would you rekindle 
Would you rekindle that dream, the dream to their destiny? Would you rekindle that to people in the house and those that are watching? Rekindle that, Lord. Rekindle that. As you continue to pray about that, there may be somebody here in the house today or somebody watching online, and you say, Terry, I don't even know Jesus. If I were to die right now, I'm not ready to meet him. I've tried to plan out my own life, but I realize that really hasn't got me very far. But when you said that God gives us second chances and third chances and fourth chances, that really resonated in my heart because I, I, I need him. I need him. I need him. Scripture says that Jesus died and paid the penalty for my sins and that he rose again on the third day to give me a fresh chance, a new hope, a do-over. If you're here today and say, Terry, I just feel like I feel like Jesus is knocking on my door. It's a little scary because I don't know that I'll even be able to live for him, but I, I, I feel like I'm supposed to let him in. I don't want to live any longer the way I'm living. I'm not going to embarrass you this morning, but I want to pray with you. If that's you, would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me and say, that's me, Terry. I need Jesus today. Thank you. Others today, thank you. Thank you. Others today, just lift your hand. That's me. I need Jesus. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Such honesty today throughout the, throughout the audience right now. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Those of you watching online, just raise your hand right there. You say, well, it feels a little weird. I'm all by myself. No, Jesus sees that. Let me lead you in a prayer just now. Let's all pray this. Nobody should have to pray this prayer by themselves. Pray this prayer with me right now. Father God, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for giving me another chance. I repent of my sins, and I invite you to come into my life. As best as I know how, I want to serve you the rest of my life. Forgive me of my sins and to be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Your greatest day is ahead of you, church. We're going to live in that strength. I'll see you next week. It's going to be great as we continue on this great series. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.